Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Let's see here. There we are live. Yeah, we're living live. Thanks for everyone tuning in right now. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Pinto for Belly Up Fantasy Live. I am sharing this all over the board um, to get y'all going on this great week of football, guys. Uh, I mean, we're talking Texans, Chiefs. We're talking week one. Uh, I'm elated right now. Um, But Ryan sent me something earlier this week. We're going to do it a little bit more old school. We're going to be a little bit more fun going into week one and pushing forward on the season. Um, Let me read our new intro, guys. Belly Up Fantasy Live, y'all. Open your ears and your eyeballs. Hiding the kids in a good call is a good call. When we talk in fantasy football, knowledge we drop in is fire. The heat is so hot, y'all perspire. We go live and we're not trying to trip. We want to bring you a fantasy championship. Thank you, Ryan Hicks. Uh, <laughs> man. So what we're going to do is have a new live read for me every intro to see how crazy Ryan can get me uh, going Ron Burgundy style. Uh, thanks, Joshua. Yeah, that was straight fire, right? Uh, guys, we've got the Belly Up Fantasy crew tonight, the Knights of the Roundtable. We've got Tom in slot one, Ryan in slot two, Billy in slot three. Uh, I'm leading the course. Uh, we're going to talk all week one matchups. We're going to talk a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, and at the end of the show, guys, I want to talk about some of our home leagues. So get thinking about that. That's how we'll close off the show with some of our home leagues that we've drafted, uh, especially Billy uh, talking about your son, Sam, man. Like his style. Uh, I'm, gu- I'm I'm rooting for Sam, man, in your home league. So sorry about that, brother. A uh, lot of snap talk going on. So let's kick off the show by giving a shout out to one of our sponsors from Belly Up Fantasy Lab. Thank you so much, prop, or I'm sorry, Trophy Smack. Commemorate your league winner in the best possible way at Trophy Smack. It, they create trophies, belts, rings with free engraving and shipping. Uh, you get a free ring with the purchase of any trophy uh, if you use the promo code BELLYUP. So use it in your home leagues, guys. Use it in your industry leagues. We've got so much to talk about, guys. But before we get into current news, Tom, let's talk about some not so savory things happening down in Cleveland. Uh, I see the LOL OBJ back there. Um, <laughs> you know, you just go talk about that. We wanted to keep it like slightly family friendly here. We don't like, not that we're totally PG here, but didn't want to get too crazy. Um, are you guys familiar with the term Cleveland steamer? I'm not actually, you know, I'm really not. 
if you're not, you should probably go to um, Urban Dictionary and check it out. I mean, it's one of those th- those terms I learned back in I think like middle school when everyone came out with this you know whole Urban Dictionary thing. Um, basis of it is that you really enjoy having somebody uh, defecate on your chest. So apparently, a model came out that good old OBJ is really into girls shitting on his chest. That's that's his thing. So I mean, hey, the the best place you could be for that apparently is Cleveland. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think that's the weirdest news I've ever had come out of the NFL. And uh, I I'll pass on OBJ just for the weird factor. You know, I have him in the Warrior Bowl. Um, I want him because it was the only time I could get him. I felt like it was a value. Uh, that's the only share I have of him. But some other weird news. Uh, Ryan, we were talking about this a little while ago. Um, when I ranked him as my number 50th quarterback, uh, and he wasn't even in the league, right? Not even talking about it. I mean, McDonald's wasn't even trying to hire this guy. But EA Sports um, puts him in Madden 21. Gets him a an eighty one rating, Billy. Uh, nice Ryder Bowl Cup. Shout out to Matt and Luke across the pond. Uh, but what do you think about or Colin Kaepernick in Madden twenty one? It's a travesty. It is an absolute travesty. Eighty one is egregious. Some of the quarterbacks he's ranked higher than Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. I just saw the list earlier today, and it was obscene. Whoever did this should be fired immediately. Well, we've seen all over Twitter how EA, how EA Sports is just kind of laughing at everyone's face and saying how 21 isn't very good and all this and that. Billy, what were your initial thoughts when Ryan sent that over to us? Uh, the 81 had to come from the one Monday night game when he filled in for Alex Smith and had that one magical night that he rode for – a couple seasons, but uh, yeah, some of those other guys, I can't believe his rating would be higher, but ratings have always been a hot button topic with Madden. You've been around the Madden community. That's always a big deal. Uh, but 81, oof, I don't know. I'd like to see what he was ranked on, uh, rated on those Maddens where he's actually playing. 74, 77. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's probably more accurate. 81's starting to get up there a little bit. 61 is more accurate. Blaine Gabbard <laughs> is 62. 61 is accurate. Because Blaine Gabbert is 62, and Blaine Gabbert beat him out, and he was on the bench. He was not a starting quarterback. I mean, put it this way, guys. He's ranked higher than 17 starting quarterbacks. Wow. Um, And here's my thing. Madden is a company that came out over the last – I think it was like the last two games and said that you were going to see starters in the 60s and 70s. Right, they wanted to make it more competitive. You're going to see guys like a 68 was a starter. You're going to see guys that were role players in the 50s. That was a slight stretch. Like I don't know about you guys, but I don't really see that. But if your arguments that he's a starting caliber quarterback, was he really better than half the league starting quarterbacks if he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert? No. I'm not going to argue anything about that. Uh, but what we can do – as a group, uh, would probably be prop this bet, right, guys? Between the four of us, prop me is a new innovative gaming platform, and really, it's the first of its kind. It's making betting from person to person easier than ever. Just download the app and join for fun at propmellc.com. Uh, mention Belly Up 
and you'll get a little surprise at the end, guys. Um, Tom, being one of our first breaking news guys, I'm extremely sad about one of these, well, both of them actually, but Brandon Cooks, limited in practice, did not practice. Now he's limited in practice. I've got such high expectations for Brandon Cooks, but then also our guy, Ryan, Von Miller. I mean, from Adam Schefter says it was the last play of practice and he gets injured, could be season ending. Let's start with Brandon Cooks, guys, and Billy, you kick us off with both of these hot topics of the day. Uh, Brandon Cooks news doesn't concern me a whole lot. Uh, right here leading into week one, it might be just a little tightness, something kind of just keeping him out to not to avoid that hangup that just happened with Von Miller. Uh, I've read some reports of him easing him into the offense. I don't necessarily see that either. Who eases their number one wide receiver into the offense? I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, but no concern with me with Cooks. Uh, I was actually kind of going up my board here as I got into home league drafts, just seeing how far he dropped. I was uh, low on him a little bit early, but – uh, you know, maybe a little too low when I started getting in drafts and started looking at actually taking some of the guys above him. But uh, Von Miller news for Denver, devastating. I mean, this is a team that a lot of people thought could make a push to maybe upset the Chiefs and win the division in a perfect storm. And Von Miller is a huge part of that defense, leading that defense. And, you know, they lost a veteran guy in Chris Harris. So Von Miller's role becomes ever more important to that Broncos defense. So hoping for good news in the MRI. For sure. Tom, what do you think about the, everything that's going on so quickly? I mean, I think Billy nailed it. Like you said, Von Miller, that's huge news. I mean, even well into his 30s at this point, he's one of the best edge rushers in the game you know, to this day. Um, and then, like you said, it, it just from a leadership perspective, having that that guy on the field is big. So, um, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. I will say for a fantasy perspective, we were talking about it. For some of this offense uh, in Denver, which we already thought might be pretty high-powered, probably going to make them, uh, you know, the, they're probably going to be passing a bit more. They might be playing from behind a little bit now. That Den, uh, Denver defense isn't the best in the league, but they were good at least. This doesn't help that situation, though. Um, Brandon Cooks, I mean, not super concerning, but, I mean, if you watch the show, you know that uh, I'm one of the people, and I, we have a couple other guys here that talk about Brandon Cooks and injury history a lot and just the questionability of, is he going to start missing games? I know Dan's big on he's only missed two games, the concussions. Well, guess what? He's got tightness in his hamstring, probably not going to miss a whole lot of time from it. But it just it's eerily similar to Will Fuller, who always has just leg you know, muscle uh, injuries, always missing time from it. I don't know if it's just a Houston thing. I don't know. You tell me, Chris. Ryan, I'll let you pick it up real quick. Uh, I know you're not the biggest Houston fan, but uh, what's your insight on – Cooks, and then obviously Von Miller. I'm kind of disregarding the Cooks news as well. Uh, I believe there's a lot of nonsense that goes on this time of year, and I try to ignore a lot of the crap coming out of camps and just kind of go with what I what I know. He, like Billy said, he is the wide receiver one there. They're not going to ease him in. Like what? Ease him in to stretch the field? Why would, why would they do that? So I'm not that worried about Cooks, but the Von Miller one kind of sucks if you have – uh, Denver's defense, but honestly, if you think about it in fantasy terms, it might not be the worst thing to happen to Denver's offense because if teams are scoring more on them, they're going to have to score more. And both of those backs can catch, so that should be good for the entire team. For sure, for sure. I mean, that sucks, but that's probably true. Yeah, uh, for fantasy wise, you're probably right about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Scott, 
not the uh, musician or anything. I'm talking about Travis and then also Scott in our live chat. Let's talk about the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, guys. The season opener at Arrowhead. Uh, my hairs are on my arms are standing up thinking about this game because it's going to be a rematch of the of, of the game last year, the playoff game last year, right? Houston is so jaded from this. You know Deshaun Watson is so upset about this that game last year. 21 nothing in the first quarter, and then they go to blow it. Uh, maybe not blow They blew it, but, you know, they, they lost the game terribly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey just took the game over. Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. I mean, the defense was good as well. Uh, the over-under for this game, guys, is high. I think it's the highest of the week at about – it's 54.5 is the over-under. Um, smash the over. For, Billy, same thing. Smash the button. Smash the over. I want every part of this game, guys. Uh, Watson just got paid. DJ is going to have a breakout season. Brandon Cooks, like y'all, like Billy and Ryan said, not concerned about it. Will Fuller, five. He stretches the field. Him and Deshaun have a huge connection. Uh, there's 167 vacant targets from DeAndre Hopkins that are going to go to somebody, right? Statistics from the fantasy footballers say that they're going to go to the running back, DJ, right? He catches the ball. He runs the ball. Tim Kelly is the new offensive coordinator. He has zero games called in the NFL, but he wants to utilize the running back. The Texans have a cornerback grade of 29. That's not very good. Uh, and then the Chiefs have... Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast, hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 28, so they're not good as well. All pieces of this game, I want it all. My time's running up. I need to move it on. But my bold prediction for this game that I wanted to say was, DJ, my running back 10 uh, on the year. The Texans targeted wide, uh, running backs last year 15% of the time. The vacated targets are going to obviously increase that. DJ is going to have a breakout year. And I believe DJ in this game on Thursday night finishes with over 100 total yards and two scores. Tom, let's keep it moving forward. Who, what do you think about this game? Am I right? Am I wrong? I mean, I think you're right. It's going to be a, a absolute blowout game as far as points go. I don't think it's not blowout uh, for one team or the other, but – it's going to be a high-scoring game. Smash the over if you're betting on it. Um, Fantasy-wise, I mean, it's going to be big yards. Neither defense is great. Neither one's bad, but, um, I mean, these are just two high-powered offenses, especially early in the season for Houston. Later in the season, I might get a little more wary. You know, those wide receivers will start having, again, 
you know, we already touched on it, you know, little ticky tack injuries, but uh, game one, you're going to see some, some big yards for a lot of these guys. Um, I question if they're going to go to the running back in Houston as much, or if they're going to kind of try and lean a bit more on fuller use cooks, but uh, I guess that's kind of yet to be seen. Not having a preseason kind of makes it a little tougher to, to gauge that. Uh, and Chiefs, I mean, Chiefs are Chiefs. They're going to throw the ball at Patrick Mahomes. You pay him half a billion dollars. That's what he's there for. For sure. Ryan, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm not sure which one of the skill guys I want, but I definitely am looking at getting Mahomes and Watson into my lineups if I can. This is going to be a big week for both of them. I suspect Tyreek at least scores once. Probably Kelsey, too, if I had to be serious. He's probably going to score as well. And then I bet Cook scores. I really do think he's a – Pretty sure thing for a touchdown this week. There should be a lot of throwing going on. I like the DJ thing. I'm, I'm a little bit lower, but I do like DJ this this week. I mean, he's a proven pass catcher. Uh, maybe even CEH this week, even though I'm not high on him for the season. Somebody that I might be interested in taking a look at. Billy, what do you think? What a week one matchup. I mean, come on, Chiefs, Texans, this is going to be awesome. I want everybody skill position-wise that I can get here. I want Hardman, maybe Sammy Watkins if I'm struggling at wide receiver or maybe have an injury concern somewhere. But uh, I think Hardman has a big day. I think he gets loose for one. I think Fuller and Cooks do too. I mean, week one, there's going to be some communication issues out of defenses. I expect some big plays in this game because of it. I mean, both of these teams have quarterbacks that are looking to get out of the pocket Receivers know to get deep, and the ball's coming. So I expect a lot of big plays. I'm excited to see what CEH can do, and uh, I think David Johnson puts on a show, and uh, he'll be a lot bigger deal talking uh, pre-week two than he is right now. I love it. I love it. Uh, Does anyone have anything else to say about that? Rebuttals? We're all good. Tom, let's talk about your hometown Eagles versus the Washington football team. Yeah, it's weird to talk about the Washington football team. Just got to get that out of the way. Get a new name. Obviously, the R-words was just a mess. But, uh, I mean, hey, as far as football is concerned, though, Washington, they're bad. It's a bad team. You got one bright spot on defense. Obviously, Chase Young, he's going to harass quarterbacks all year. Um, honestly, fantasy-wise, as far as defenses go, we're going to talk about it a lot. Um, he could almost make them relevant if he pressures quarterbacks enough. Could be enough sacks. I don't know how about, you know, forced fumbles. Might make them a somewhat relevant team. You're going to get crushed on points, though. Um, as far as offenses go, though, to be honest, for Washington, I'm staying away from most of it. Um, Antonio Gibson, probably a good pick just because you can get him cheap. Uh, if you're in daily fantasy, you can get him uh, you know, for a pretty low price as well. So not a bad pick there just by volume on that squad. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, really the only receiving threat that they have. They don't really have much at tight end and not much beyond him at receiver. Yeah, F1. Uh, if it's not F1, I'm not going to deal with it. Ryan, what do you think about this matchup? Honestly, I'm not 100% sure I agree with Tom because I think Steven Sims is a sneaky pick, especially in PPR leagues. He came on strong at the end of the year. Um, it does seem like Haskins is taking some steps. We'll see. But the Eagles should smash them. I, I don't really think this is going to be that close. I'm more concerned. Is Rager going to play week one? It doesn't look like he is. So what's going to – I might want to get exposure to uh, Ertz and Goddard this week as far as two guys that I think those are going to be consistent guys if they have questions in the receiving core. Maybe even a Deshaun Jackson swing. I'm not high on him at all, but for one week, if he's healthy, maybe he's a, a good investment. Yeah, Billy, the Washington quarterback unit grade is number 30 in the league, so not very good. Uh, Deshaun Jackson – 
He could go for two touchdowns this week. What do you think? Deshaun Jackson has a history of going off in week one. I, I would play him, especially if I'm a Rieger owner. I'm really excited for Rieger. I love the guy, but it does not sound like he's going to be here week one. Uh, optimism for week two, uh, but I definitely want some Deshaun Jackson in this. And uh, honestly, I'm looking for Miles Sanders to have a good day um, just because of the lack of the receiving core with uh, no Alshon, no Rieger. We're going to be thinned out again with some guys that are you know, subpar. Uh, you know, guys you'd like to see as your wide receiver three and fours are going to be in a lot bigger roles. Not that Washington's defense scares you, but you know it's just not an ideal situation. And I and I don't think they need to get too flashy to to, to beat Washington. So uh, I look for them to keep it simple, go out week one, get a W, and try to get guys back week two and three. Yeah, for sure. And then Scott Davis in our chat, uh, I definitely agree with you. I would love Washington's defense week one. I mean, their cornerback unit's number one. Philly's defense. He wants yeah. He wants Philly's defense. I mean, Philly's defense. I'm sorry, Philly's defense. Their cornerback unit's number eleven overall against Dwayne Haskins, who's Dwayne Haskins, right? Right. So we'll move on from that. But the guy I'm really looking forward to seeing their involvement is Jonathan Bryce Love, my running back 41, the Heisman runner uh, from Stanford who learned from CMC, who amassed 4,300 yards and 32 touchdowns uh, combined. So this is the guy I want to see how they're going to utilize, what they're going to do with him. If, if my hunch is right or not, if is Gibson the guy, um, I think Love is going to be the, the three-down back. Uh, he's got the potential to do it. Um, does anyone have any rebuttals on that, Tom, Ryan? Oh, I was going to say, real quick, just to look at Jackson's history week one, especially against the Redskins, he's going to be big. Tight ends are always good in Philly. And then Greg Ward might be a sneaky pick playing in the slot this week. Uh, Ortega Whiteside probably not, but Ward out of the slot might be a good uh, – Good flex. Yeah, Greg Ward. Ryan, your hand was up. What's going on, brother? Gibson, 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 Gibson. I got distracted by the last thing Tom said, and it made me forget the thing that I was going to do when I first got to talk. Talk about Gibson. He is a guy that I want. He's going to catch a lot of balls. He really is. He's going to be, in my opinion, he's going to be their three down back. He can do everything. He's big. He's fast. He's a weapon on the field. They traded Adrian Peterson. And I don't think it's because of Bryce Love. I think it's because of Antonio Gibson. I am super well, disagree on that because Bryce Love was there prior. Billy, what do you got? You know, I, I'm hoping Love gets the opportunity. Obviously, a guy that coming out of college with that would be a lot bigger deal in the NFL. Took him a while to get back. I like the Antonio Gibson thing, but I do wonder about his ability to play the running back position, being that he was primarily a receiver in college. And J.D. McKissick in the mix, it just seems like maybe they're not decided on who the guy is, but just the old man AP wasn't the guy. Yeah, Joshua, you're right about McKissick being named the starter. Um, Yeah, I mean, they did today. But a really crazy matchup that I really want to talk about because I want to see, because I got one of the quarterbacks really high on my list. Uh, Ryan, let's dive into the Finns and the Pats at – Gillette Stadium for the first time in a while without Tom Brady at the helm. All right. Well, I honestly think this is going to be a game I'm going to have some exposure to because that pass defense got decimated by in uh, COVID opt-outs, like decimated. No team was even close, and it was a lot of defensive guys. So I don't really know what we're going to see from this defense. Uh, it's probably going to be Fitzpatrick week one, which excites me because that guy – just 
launches bombs. I mean, he really is a fun quarterback to watch play. And they were an offense he wanted exposure to at the end of the year last year when, they, when he was doing his stuff. And Devontae Parker was like the second best receiver in the league over the last six weeks. It was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I want to get some exposure to this. Mike Gusecki's breakout is week one. He is going to score at least one time, and he's going to have at least 100 yards. Watch this happen. I know, oh, Durham Smythe is a starter. I don't care what they say. That's why I laughed about the other thing. They have Swift as the RB4 or something. Are you joking me, guys? This stuff is ridiculous. Don't believe it. Know what you're talking about. Don't don't let this stuff uh, steer you wrong. Yeah, I saw the same thing where Gusecki was not the starter, but then I saw right afterwards I kept on reading and they were like, he wasn't the starter at tight end, but he was a starter at the slot receiver. And, Billy, we were talking about Chan Gailey's slot receiver and how much they use them. Uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, definitely money in the bank. I think Gusecki has a big day. And I think the Dolphins' offense is going to look a lot better. They've got a plethora of running backs that they can use, and I think Jordan Howard is going to be somebody that they rely on to keep things simple. Uh, Gusecki not being the starter at the tight end position is simply because he's not the guy who's going to be blocking on first down, which is fine. Um, but this matchup against the Patriots, I'm interested to see it. Uh, Patriots 0-1, and it's a new-look pass coming to town. And, and Cam, I'm just really excited to see what they do. And, uh, you know, not a whole lot going on around Cam right now, so he might have to be the show. And uh, if he doesn't make it happen, Miami could be 1-0 and feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of being number 1-0, the Pats' cornerback unit is number one in the league. So, the Dolphins have a little bit to work on on that uh, with Fitzmagic being the quarterback. I mean, Parker, you got Preston Williams, who's a stud wide receiver out there. And then Gusecki, who Ryan has sold me on, who he's my tight end in the belly up bowl. So if if if, if Gusecki fails, golly, Ryan, I'm going to be real upset because the belly up bowl is really important to me, uh, as it is to all of us, right? I have him too. Yeah, all of us, right? We all want to make the playoffs in that thing because I don't want to get beat by anyone else in my division, especially Joshua Cho. Uh, he talks to me every day about running backs, and I love it. But I'm not going to get beat by you, Joshua. I'm sorry. But moving forward, <laughs> let's talk about my QB 15 and Cam Newton. He finished 73 times inside the top 10. And I know you're shaking your head, Tom, because you watched him growing up. And you know what he's like, but now he's going to be under Bill Belichick's coaching status regime, whatever you want to call it. I think he's going to go off against the Dolphins because I think the Dolphins are going to take away a lot of his weapons, which besides Edelman, he really doesn't have. We don't know about the running backs as usual in the Patriots offense. But what do you think, Tom? Because you're such you, – you've seen Cam in person. I mean – Two things I want to say before I get to Cam real quick. Number one, Mike Gusecki, if he's in the slot, big play, money, all in. If he's at tight end, a little bit less. I, I think he could have a good year, but he's a, a middle-of-the-pack tight end at best. Um, Quarterback-wise, first three to four weeks of the season, I'm all in on Fitzpatrick. After week three or four, I'm all out on Fitzpatrick. Every year, that's how it works. We'll get his stats at the beginning of the season. It's always great, and that drops off. That's how he plays. Patriots defense sucks. Receivers, you have Edelman. I don't think Nikhil Harry's anything. Uh, you don't really have a whole lot. Mohamed Sanu's gone. Uh, excuse me, running back, not great. Sony Michelle, I haven't seen it. Like he's he's okay. I, I don't see a ton in him. 
Um, and then beyond him, James White, Rex Burkhead. It's just a bunch of okay guys. I think Miami has better running backs. So it's Cam Newton, who I don't have confidence in in leading a team. If he's going to have a 1,000-yard season rushing, he's going to get hurt. It's going to happen. His body's too beat up at this point to to lead a team rushing the ball. So before I ask if anyone has any rebuttals, that just plays into my narrative how Jarrett Sims is going to come in Tom Brady 2.0. So how is Pam your quarterback 15? <laughs> up until the Super Bowl. He's gonna get hurt. I'm not playing week 17. If you're playing week 17, I'm sorry. <laughs> Does anyone have any rebuttals for that? If not, let's move on. Oh, I will okay. say one thing. James White is somebody that I'll be interested in seeing this game because Cam was ha- did have success throwing to running backs. And uh, like you said, there's not a lot of other options, and I do think he's an excellent PPR option. And he may be the second-best pass receiver on the team right now. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, he, he's not wrong. Yep, i got a lot of shares of James White. I love me some James White. I like Sonny Michelle, but James White and PPR is so much better. Yeah. Uh, Billy. This is a hot matchup right here because there's so much history in it. The Packers and the Vikings, man. If you're talking about a classic game, this is going to be one of them for the opening weekend. Um, The over-under is 46. There's a lot of vacated targets from both the teams. Got two good running backs, two quarterbacks that are on the vert, one that's in the Hall of Fame, and one, do you like it? Does it feel good? What do you want to do with, with with Captain Kirk? Well, here's the thing. So, Kirk Cousins, no thanks, uh, but he does have some help around him. I like just, Justin Jefferson in this offense, and I like the matchup for him. But I'll get into that in a second. But two matchups last year. One was not very exciting at the end of the year. And and the thing is, in this matchup, historically, the big dogs have big, big games. Dalvin Cook had a really nice – in the one time he played against Green Bay last year, let's see, he had, uh, had 154 yards and three catches also. Uh, Aaron Jones had two really big games against the Vikings that he played uh, both times over 100 yards rushing. And Devontae Adams absolutely shreds Minnesota every time they play. So play your big dogs in this game. Uh, and I think Justin Jefferson has a nice game as, as the wide receiver too. Uh, Minnesota both times had one receiver produced. The other one uh, didn't have such a day. No catches for Adam Thielen in the second matchup. But my bold prediction for this one, Vikings come out on top. And uh, Justin Jefferson will have two touchdowns, seven catches, 84 yards, two scores on the other side while everybody's worried about Adam Thielen. So uh, I'm excited for it. I like the divisional matchups week one. Those are kind of fun to watch. What do you think, Tom? I mean, hey, I'll put it this way. Kirk Cousins is, oddly enough, a pretty good fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's great in in real life, but out of the last five years, four of them, he put up over 4,000 yards. Uh, generally over 25 touchdowns a year and around 10 interceptions, which isn't too bad. So I actually don't mind Kirk Cousins. Um, And when you look at the Packers' defense, their secondary is a little questionable once you get past their number one corner, Jair Alexander. They have some decent safeties. But beyond that, at corner, it's it's questionable at best to me. So um, depending on how Jefferson plays, could be a big game for him. Kirk Cousins could have a decent uh, game as well. And um, you know, like you said, I think running back game there in, in Minnesota is solid. Um, Green Bay, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but um, receivers beyond Devontae Adams. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I have Alan Lazard. I'm hoping for a big season from him, but it's a lot of guys that uh, I'm not so sure on consistency from beyond um, you know, their number one. So we'll see what happens. 
I'm bigger on Kirk Cousins out of anybody in that game. That's fair. Ryan, let me jump in real quick uh, because Scott Davis is talking about Captain Kirk. Scott was the guy that turned me on to MBS. Uh, that's the guy that I really want to look at in this game. Um, not that he's going to be a, a breakout player, but he's just one of the, you know, it's a dice game in this because you've got Aaron Jones on the Green Bay side, right? And then you've got Robert Tanyan, who we all thought Jay Sternberger was going to be the the guy to go to at tight end, but Robert Tanyan is not listed as the starting tight end. Um Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I just want to say, you know what? Hashtag free Aaron Jones, guys. He's my running back eight. He's the man. You got to give the juice to the guys from Texas, right, Ryan? Um, Six times he's been a top four running back in 2019. And then he finished as the running back two to CMC, who had a historic year, like an an anomaly, right? And then he was the number two. Uh, in 2018, he was the running back 22. So he kind of ascended. He kind of had a, a Dalvin Cookish type flow, I guess is what you would say. Um, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I actually think these two defenses are pretty solid. Uh, when you go top to bottom, they're, they're, I would say they're in the top third of the league maybe. So I'm not expecting the same thing as I am with like Houston and KC, but there's still a lot of value here, and we really don't know. These defenses don't look the same as they did last year either. That's the thing. We really don't know for sure. But when I look at this, yeah, I like Lazard too. I'm hoping. I really am curious about uh, how is A.J. Dillon going to be used because he's going to be the difference between Aaron Jones being elite and Aaron Jones being sub-elite. And so if Dillon actually gets utilized in goal line situations, that's going to be a problem for Jones' touchdown numbers. Holly, we just got to free him. Just free Aaron Jones. Just let him be the dude for a year. Just one year. Just see what he does. He was. He was awesome. Yeah. He would go nuts. I yeah, mean, he did. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I'm going to move on, though. And let's talk about one of your guys. Gardner Minshew against the Indianapolis Colts, who has a stout defense. The over-under through this game is 45. I'm going to go with the over on this for sure. I mean, yeah, Rivers isn't the man, but you got Marlon Mack, who's a thousand yard running back. You got Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, man, from the University of Wisconsin Badgers. You got T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, and Jack, Special Agent Jack Doyle on the Colts. Then you move on to the Jags, right? You got Gardner Minshew, the Bud Light Man of the Year. You got his slew of running backs. You got DJ Chark Jr. from the SEC Ole Miss. I mean, both are stacked teams. 
Neither of the cornerback units or defenses are extremely good. You got Miles Jack on the defensive side for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a, a lights-out linebacker slash running back, if y'all didn't know that. Played both ways at UCLA. Uh, and in his bowl game was an Iron Man. But we'll move on from that because I've got a man crush on that guy. Um, <laughs> right? Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is my running back 19 on the year, man. He averages six point. He averaged six point seven yards per carry on nine hundred and twenty six carries. Nine point seven yards on forty two recept or average on forty two receptions. These are huge numbers, guys. At the University of Wisconsin in the Big Ten, where defense and linebackers are so stout, this shouldn't happen. He's a phenomenal athlete. <laughs> My bold prediction for this game is that Jonathan Taylor finishes in the top 18 running backs, but Tom's boy, Minshew Mania, scores more rushing touchdowns than Jonathan Taylor in this game. Tom, what do you think about that? I mean, I think Minshew's going to have to do a lot. Um, I mean, I you guys know I love Minshew. Um, James Robinson was named starting running back. Uh, I mean, you didn't even put Chris Thompson in there. He's the number three right now. I don't know about slew of running backs, but sludge of running backs might be more accurate. Um, I mean, hey, if he can throw the ball well, I, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think Indy's defense is a lot better than you're giving him credit for. I mean, you got Rockison, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore is your number three corner. Um, How about Darius Leonard? I'm sorry. Yeah, Dar- Darius Leonard at linebacker. Um, I mean, it's – and then their front four isn't bad. You know, Justin Houston, DeForest Buckner. Minshew's going to have a tough game here. It's really going to show, uh, you know, what he's got if he's able to step up in this game without Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Um, but I mean, hey, looking at last year, it, one stat that I actually found pretty recently and it was kind of eye-opening to me. I've been real big on Minshew, but last year in games played, he was the quarterback nine. If you remove the games he didn't play, he was quarterback nine. Yeah, it's impressive. So, I mean, I think that it's going to be a good game for him because he's going to have to throw the ball. But it's we'll really see how good he is against this defense without a good running game behind him. But like you said, running in touchdowns, he'll probably have uh, at least one. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see Jack Doyle with Rivers because Rivers has that tight end connection. I'm interested to see – I think it'll develop as the season goes on where Taylor becomes the RB1 and Mac takes that receiving back and kind of makes Hines not really relevant anymore. But in the beginning, I think Hines is going to be relevant because I think Mac and Taylor are going to split some time. Uh, I like a big game for Chark just because him and Minshew had that something going last year, and I think they're going to build on that this year. I don't want to touch any of these running backs. And uh, I actually think their defense is pretty solid. I think the Colts are solid all the way around. Let's see if they can keep Rivers upright. If they can, that line's great. If they can – they could be uh, somewhere we need to get more exposure to in fantasy, I think. Billy, before you go on, uh, Marco, let's let's instead of betting ten bucks, let's donate to charity, sir. Uh, like food is what we're gonna do. If you beat Tom in week one, I will donate ten dollars to St. Jude. I'll make it twenty, Marco. Twenty bucks to St. Jude. Whoever scores the most points. Marco Ayala, Coach Ayala from the Valley. Got this. In real quick. I got this. <laughs> and Billy, what do you think about the Marco's game? 
Tom and Marco put it down on the board. Ryan, yeah. St. Jude, we love you guys. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Uh, Billy, what are your thoughts on the Jags-Colts game, man? Uh, you know, the Colts' defense was a pretty good defense last year. That You know, they really came together, really played well down the stretch, and this defense got better in the offseason and are getting some of their guys back from injury. So I'm really excited for them. So on the Jaguar side of things, fantasy-wise, Minshew and Chark are probably the only two guys that I would really want to have to start. I just don't feel like the running game is going to go that well. They might be figuring that out still, and maybe no one gets going. And uh, the second receiving threat is just nobody that really scares you that Minshew is going to be able to rely on. So I see him forcing the ball a lot to Chark, and there might be a Tyler Eifert uh, sighting as well. On the Colts side, uh, I'm really excited to see what the running back crew does. Uh, I think Mack and Jonathan Taylor both get some work, and I think they both have pretty good days against this Jags defense that no longer has guys like Calais Campbell and Giannis Ngakwe. I mean, this is a defense that really is a shell of what it used to be, uh, A.J. Bouye is gone. I mean, a lot of these guys that, that really built the defense that everybody associates with the Jags defense, those guys are gone. So I really expect them to struggle. And this Colts offense is really put together to attack you about any way they want. Like Ryan said, if they keep Rivers upright, this Colts, the Colts offense should cruise. And I'm really excited for like guys like Paris Campbell coming back from injury, hearing a lot of buzz out of camp. I think he could have a big day. And uh, one guy I want to throw out there, uh, for our dynasty guys is Colin Johnson, big six six Texas boy, wide receiver for the Jags. I've been hearing really good things out of camp from him. Uh, watch out. He'll be on the field sooner than later. Billy, you must have talked to my sister-in-law, Kaylee. <laughs> she's a UT or, uh, She's a T-SIP grad. Loves Colin Johnson. Nice. <laughs> Anyone have any rebuttals for what Billy or I said? Let's move on to another Huge rivalry, Tom. The Monsters of Midway versus, you know, Mike Browns, Zach Max, and friend of the show, Detroit Beasties, Detroit Lions. Over-under is 44 points. They're in the dome. Matt Stafford is poised to light this game up, man. Um, what what are your thoughts on this game? Who are you starting? Who are you fading? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Big boss Mike Brown's going to be happy to know. I like Matt Stafford in this game. Um, I always like Matt Stafford. He's like, He puts up yards. So that's always good for fantasy. Um, to be honest, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, the Bears obviously starting uh, Mitch Trubisky over Nick Foles, which I think is the right move. Love Nick Foles, not a starter. I've said it once, say it a million times. Um, but Tariq Cohen, I kind of have over David Montgomery. He's questionable going into the game. So um, I think Cohen could be a good good play. Um, beyond that, you know, Allen Robinson, um, one of the top receivers that's really underrated um, after him, not really trying to get into anybody receiving uh, out of uh, Chicago. Detroit, though, like we said, Matthew Stafford, I'm big on. Galladay, big on. Uh, even Hawkinson, I think, could have a really big game here. Um, you know, Chicago – that 3-4 defense, they're going to be trying to get after Stafford. I think that it's kind of going to uh, leave him wide open. So, uh, really, Stafford and Hawkinson for, for Detroit right now. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, I mean, John Matthew Stafford hurt last year, poised, like I said, to, to break out against the division rival Bears. What do you have on these guys? Man, when I'm looking at it uh... – 
So I'm really high on the Bears' defense this year, but not in this matchup because I think the Lions' offense is really good. Um, I do think they're going to be able to overcome what is, I think, a great defense. But uh, I, I really want to see how they use Swift. Swift is the guy that I want to see. Who's going to be getting all the touches? Are they even going to utilize Adrian Peterson? Maybe they do, but doubtful in my opinion. But they, he's, he just got there. Like Swift has more knowledge of the playbook than he does, although he might have already done this playbook in his career. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I mean, But, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a game – I'm going to have overly or a ton of exposure to this week, just because I think this is two elite units going at each other. So I think both of them are capped in a, in a little bit of a way. I do still love Galladay obviously and Stafford, but picking another guy, I don't know. And then with the bears, who knows? I might take a flyer on Trubisky in the DFS and just see what that looks like because, Hey, it could happen guys. We could be looking at a crazy week one, seven, four. You're not lying about that. I mean, he could throw five touchdowns again, right? Yeah, yeah. About that, uh, but Billy, man, I see the, I see the Hawkeye back there. Obviously, you're going to talk about your boy. Uh, you convinced me on him, like Ryan yeah. did with Becky. Uh, what do you think? I like Hawkinson. I, you know, not good reports on his ankle coming out of camp. It's something kind of lingering on a little bit, but. Uh, Adam Kaplan reported that he looks amazing uh, passing the eyeball test. So I'm really excited to see if he can stay on the field with Stafford. Uh, had a real nice report last year, week one, kind of sneaking up on everybody and uh, a whole lot of injuries thereafter for everybody. So I'd like to see what they can do with him. I hope he, put, he gets a nice game in. Galladay, I think he's going to eat. Uh, the running back situation, a little concerning. Carry on today on the initial depth, depth chart as the RB1. So uh, bringing in AP kind of concerns me for DeAndre Swift. Maybe he's not grasping things because they sure seem to not be handing him the keys. And uh, a guy they kind of seem to turn their back on was carry-on. So a little confused to see what goes on there. But uh, Stafford probably has a huge day, familiarity with the Bears. He always seems to kind of uh, come up big, especially late in these games against the division rivals. Uh, on the Bears side, uh, unfortunate, David Montgomery, Iowa State Cyclone, may not be full go. Uh, so I like Tom's play with the Cohen, especially in the passing game role. And I think they're going to need to use him just because, you know, Allen Robinson, who else after that? Anthony Miller, we're all kind of crossing our fingers for. But, uh, you know, against the against the Lions, their pass defense is pretty poor. They lost Slay, added Okuda. Uh, so they, they might be able to throw the ball around. But uh, I, I want to see it first. I'm not high on Trubisky, so I just don't believe he's going to be super efficient, especially right out the gate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cordell Patterson, Cordrell Patterson could be a sleeper. Um, my more thought, my thoughts on the whole Adrian Peterson signing was I saw that Bo Scarborough, Bo, yeah, uh, Bo got cut because he was injured. Maybe Adrian Peterson signing had more to do with that. Carry on Johnson, the number one for what four or five plays. Swift comes out to catch because he's more of a pass catcher. Uh, Maybe he learns a little bit from Adrian Peterson, the blocking and the running status. Uh, but my guy for this whole thing is John Matthew Stafford, my quarterback seven. Uh, last year, or out of nine weeks, he finished four, six, five, two, and four. The dude's poised to have a 5,000-yard season. I'm not going to – I'm hanging my hat on that at Ford Field. But let's talk about another team, Ryan, that just got a a brand new stadium. They're probably not going to play out this year. 
but one of the most intriguing running backs in the game that I'm going to go ham on when it comes to my one minute is the Raiders versus the Panthers. And I'm not talking about CMC, Ryan. The over-under is 47.5 points. Both these cornerback units are not very good. 21 for the Raiders and 32 last in the league for the Panthers. So is Derek Carr going to have a great game? Is Josh Jacobs going to catch his 15 passes this game? Henry Ruggs going to score. What do you think, man? All right. I think you already know that I kind of think the Panthers are trash. Uh, (laughs) You don't say. Yeah. So I do think that Jacobs is a guy I want to get a hold of. Uh, Waller is a guy I want to get a hold of this week. I mean, CMC is a guy I want exposure to. He's probably going to be my number one running back for this week because I honestly, what else can they do? I don't like, I don't think Bridgewater can do much down the field. Uh, like, I don't think he can be creative. I don't think he's prolific. I think he's just going to be a guy that dinks and dumps. So McCaffrey should benefit. I mean, Moore should have a lot of catches, but I don't think that they're going to be efficient and they're going to have to throw a lot because I think the Raiders are just going to run down their throat. Uh, in the beginning of this. Billy? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Oh, yeah, I I like Josh Jacobs a lot, especially with the trading of uh, Lynn Bowden, Bowden, uh, getting him out of the way. I kind of expected him to have a real pass-catching role, and Josh Jacobs has been talking a lot about catching more balls this year. So if he does that, I see real upside with him. And I'm kind of concerned about Derek Carr, to be honest. Two rookie starting receivers. Yeah, Russ is uber-talented. Brian Edwards, we've seen him. You know, he looks like an NFL talent, but two rookies. Uh, I see a lot of mistakes. But I also think against the Panthers, they, there's a good chance that the Raiders can rely on Josh Jacobs and and roll these guys pretty well. The defense is not very good in Carolina. And an offense with Teddy Bridgewater that we've yet to see, that I'm not particularly uh, excited about. Christian McCaffrey is always a problem. Um, but I guess we'll see on this one. I like, I like the Raiders um, side of the ball a lot more than the Panthers. Tom, what are your thoughts before I go ham on Josh Jacobs? Uh, first of all, Josh Jacobs not going to have as good a year as Miles Sanders. Putting it down now, done. Someone write that down. <laughs> write it down, please. It's recorded. It's fun. Um, I actually think this will be a kind of high-scoring game. Neither defense is great. The The Raiders have a decent front side, but the back end of that defense is pretty garbage. Not really a good defensive back. So, um, Oddly enough... They got I Jonathan think- Abrams, who hasn't played yet, but... <laughs> 
All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, I mean, I think CMC is going to be their big, you know, big target to kind of take out. Um, so I think Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan, you know, I disagree with that. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to probably go for, you know, close to 300 yards, if not over, uh, and probably two or three touchdowns at least uh, passing. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, and you guys all know that I'm big on him, Ian Thomas. I think he'll have a decent game here. Um, I think that he's going to create a matchup issue that Las Vegas Raiders defense doesn't have the the weapons to stop everyone on the Panthers, and he's going to be the last guy they want to focus on. It's going to be on CMC, DJ Moore. They're just going to run down the line of running back and then wide receiver. Ian Thomas will be the odd guy out. Um, Raiders offense, uh, I mean, Derek Carr, I actually think he's a decent quarterback. Um, Josh Jacobs is a good running back. I'm not going to doubt that, but um, I think that they might be spreading the ball a bit uh, for me to really get in on anybody as a, a big fantasy relevant threat, at least this early in the season. I don't know what their offense is going to look like. Like you said, a couple you know young receivers there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have to see what, what it turns out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. and Henry Ruggs III. I mean, these guys are unproven rookies right now with a veteran quarterback. I guess you'd call him a veteran quarterback, but in that system he is. Josh Jacobs dealt with a lot of injuries last year that no one even knew of, uh, and that's kind of a secretive guy he is. He's a, he's a team player. He's going to be a leader. He's probably a captain, and we don't even know it. Um, he's my running back four. You can timestamp that with Ryan on 824. Uh, before all the news came out, but I will give a shout out to Scott Davis who had Josh Jacobs higher than AK and Dalvin Cook when we were drafting four months ago. Uh, so thank you, Scott, for giving me that insight on Josh Jacobs and your Raiders. But Josh Jacobs was the, the running back 12 over eight games last year. I mean, and he wasn't even targeted, but like what, 20 times, 22 times. He got 20 balls. 22 times targeted. The dude is phenomenal at catching it. He's from the University of Alabama. He's from the SEC. The games just mean more. John Gruden knows this. <laughs> he has a very similar history in my mind right now to Dalvin Cook. Right? Dalvin Cook had a very similar rookie year and came out and did what? Exploded. This dude is going to explode and win people championships. Uh, last year, he was my ride or die. This year, I am drafting him as high as 1.04 in many leagues, as Billy has seen uh, when we did our industry league. And everyone was like, what are you doing? And I was like, he's my, he's my number five running back right now before all the news. So just adds to the pie. Tom having some technical difficulties right now. But, Billy, let's move on to you, man, and let's talk about the Jets and the Bills. One of the lowest scoring games of the week. Really not exciting, but there's a lot to talk about because Adam Gase, man, like, is he that bad? Uh, yes, he is, uh, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you said, this is a matchup where you, uh, you know, you'd think defense first with these teams right now. Um, but one thing that happened in both their matchups last year is they're both wide receiver ones had good games. John Brown had seven catches for 123 and a touchdown. Uh, they, they, Josh Allen had good days. And Crowder, week one, 17 targets, 14 catches, 99 yards. And he, and he had uh, a nice nice second day with eight catches for 66 yards too. So um, another kind of matchup like Vikings and Packers, there's a lot of familiarity there. 
so it kind of leaves uh, a little to be left, a little to be desired fantasy-wise uh, from some of our deeper guys. But uh, bold prediction for this one, I think Crowder and Diggs both have 100 yards in the score uh, in a game that gets a little little heated up uh, late in the game. But uh, both secondaries uh, are, are pretty solid. But Jets know Jamal Adams, so I do think the Jets regress a little bit. Um, not that exciting of a matchup. And, and last year we saw Devin Singletary rip off a few big runs in this matchup too. I believe he had like four for 70 in the first matchup. So that was kind of the beginning of us getting to see him. So I'm excited to see what the Bills might be able to do in a, with an improved offense and a, and, a, and a worse defense for the Jets, in my opinion, personnel-wise. Yeah, the one guy I'm really looking forward to seeing is Smokey John Brown, man. I mean, 4-3 speed, 40. The dude could probably crack the top 30. He's my he's my wide receiver forty four. I mean, look Ryan, look Ryan, on twenty five point nine percent of Josh Allen's passes, he targeted Smokey Brown. Smokey Brown's nine route is off the charts good. We're talking comparable to D Hop and Julio when you're talking about just the nine route because of his four three four three speed forty. You add Stefan Diggs into the mix, and now Smokey Brown isn't the, the guy that you're worried about. You're worried about Stefan Diggs. You're worried about Zach Moss. You're worried about Josh Allen running around the corner. And then, as Ryan is such a good tight end guy, you're also worried about Dawson Knox, right? How are you worried about the 4-3 speed of Smokey Brown? You're not. And there you go. Right when we think that, bomb across the middle of the field, nine route. Smokey Brown in the end zone. Two stats real quick, and then we'll move on to Tom to deliberate this. On 76.2% of – I'm sorry. Let me reiterate that. Or let me rephrase that. Smokey Brown is in the 90th percentile versus man. He is in the 85th percentile versus press. 76 and 76% when he's in this – he is catching the ball over these guys. Now you add Stefan Diggs into the mix. These numbers get higher. He's going to crack the top 30 in my mind. We'll get to Ryan in a second. But, Tom, what do you think about this game, the Jets versus the Bills? Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, Jets are hot garbage this year. Um, we all hate everyone on the Jets, including their head coach the most. Gase is terrible. Um, I think that's probably the the one take that everyone on the show agrees on. But uh, game one here, I'm staying away from pretty much everyone, even Le'Veon Bell, just because the Bills' defense is decent enough to really plug up uh, just about that whole offense, I think. So I'm, I'm fading the entire Jets team right now. Um, Buffalo, though, Josh Allen – I think could have a big game. Uh, to be honest, his deep ball accuracy is pretty atrocious. So that nine route, not a big factor to me. It's going to be, yeah, you stretch the field with it because there's no Jamal Adams over the top. Uh, you know, no real um, you know, help uh, on the defensive backs. But uh, you look underneath, you look at, um, you know, a guy like Cole Beasley in the slot, you know, Ryan Slants. That's a guy that probably is going to have a much bigger game. But I'll take Josh Allen all day on this one. Uh, he's going to run all over him. He's going to throw all over him. Um, Stephon Diggs m- could probably have a decent game, but um, I think that out of the receiver courts, it's going to be Cole Beasley, oddly enough. All right, Ryan. 
Well, firstly, I want to say that after this week, Dawson Knox is going to have 100% ownership across all formats. <laughs> He's not going to be on the waiver wire anymore. So just be ready for that because for a lot of the reasons that you like a guy like Beasley, I like Knox for those same reasons. Um, Diggs is going to get attention. Brown, I, I'm not dogging on Brown. I just think 30 is crazy. Like he's a good wide receiver too, which means he's he out there. He 30. could crack the top, the top 30. It's, I find that hard to believe when I look at my rankings. But uh, for again, I'm, I'm not – it could be a good game for him. He's just one play away every game. So I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm not touching the Jets, and I am high on Allen, but they might get ahead, and they may just pound the ball. So I'm actually more high on Singletary and or Moss. I think week one's going to tell us a lot about how that backfield is going to look. So if you can guess right on that, I think you can have a really good – because I don't think the Jets' defense is really all that good anymore. I really don't. I, Adam Gase is cancerous to an entire team. He even messes the defense up. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. I mean, it's just a toxic atmosphere over there where people are just wanting to get out. But, Billy, asking for a friend, you just start Le'Veon Bell, John June, a friend of ours, running back to, or are you going to start Jonathan Taylor? Who are you going with? Uh, I, I like the Jonathan Taylor matchup better. It would be hard to, to pull that trigger over Lev Bell, but uh, I think if I'm in a pinch and I'm really worried about it, I might play JT just because this Bills defense is good. That's yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, agreeing with everything else, though. One of our newest sponsors to Belly Up Fantasy Live, guys, uh, Thrive Fantasy. Come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for prop players. Use promo code BELLYUP when you sign up today and receive an instant $20 bonus uh, on your first deposit of $20 or more. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today. Um one of the hot topics of the day, obviously, Tom, LOL, OBJ, is the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the over-under for this is 48.5 points. I mean, you got stars on this team, uh, this matchup uh, across the board. You got Baker. You got Chubb. You got Hunt. You got OBJ. You got Landry. You got Hooper. Uh, you got Njoku. Um you got the MVP, you got Hollywood, you got J.K. Dobbins, my hometown guy, my, my wife's hometown guy. You got Mark Ingram, you got uh, Mark Andrews. And the defenses are just so good on both sides. This is going to be a dogfight, right? Um, there's a lot of vacated targets from the Ravens right now. 74, I mean, not that much, but still a lot where you would think if they dial back Lamar's running, they're going to dish it out more to the running backs. And in that suit, that kind of hits J.K.'s home, right? Because J.K. Dobbins catching running back, he's kind of a jack of all trades. You Mark Ingram, he's going to be your hype man. He's going to be the dude pounding it in between the tackles. Um, J.K. being a rookie, you're going to want to limit his exposure a little bit, right? Um, Overall, though, J.K., is my running back 28 so far. I'm going to have to move him up because I'm not liking 28. He's going to be at least 23 um, or maybe 27 as a number, right? But in college, he averaged 6.2 yards per carry on 725 carries, 9.1 yards per reception on 71 receptions in the Big Ten, Billy, at the Ohio State University. My bold prediction for this game 
is that J.K. Dobbins not only scores his first NFL touchdown, but he scores another one, and then he puts the nail in the coffin and wins the game for the Cleveland Browns, whether that being another touchdown or running the clock out, using his legs, using his body to win this game uh, and keeping Lamar Jackson healthy. Tom, I know you're not a big Lamar guy. J.K.'s got to help his situation, right? Maybe I'm right about this whole thing, right? Do you think he helps Lamar's situation? I think J.K. helps his own situation. Yes, helps Lamar's situation in the long run in keeping him healthy. So I think that J.K. Dobbins does help Lamar stay healthier because he doesn't necessarily have to run for 1,000 yards, but it also decreases his fantasy value because now he's not rushing for 1,000 yards. That's where the issue lies. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. As soon as he stops using his legs, Lamar Jackson will not be a top fantasy quarterback. He's he's not a bad passer, but he can't rely solely on his passing ability to succeed in the NFL. Defenses have to they're, – they're kept honest by having to keep him in the pocket or try and keep him from getting 30 yards downfield on a rush. That's the only reason he succeeds. As soon as that's gone, whether it be – I'm not going to run downfield by coaching or my choice, or he gets an injury that keeps him from doing it. He's done game one. I mean, he's fine early this year. I I really don't have an issue with it, but it's, it's not long till he's done with that. Um, Beyond that in this game though, um, the backfield in in Baltimore kind of stumps me because JK Dobbins is listed as their RB four. Um, so, you know, you got Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, Ingram's probably going to get the majority of the touches, and I don't know at what point in the season it's going to start shifting. I guess we'll see. Um, I'm really not big on a whole lot of people on the the Ravens. I guess Lamar Jackson and Daily Fantasy for the first couple weeks I could get with, but beyond that, I'm good. Um, and then at tight end, I'm, I, I do like Mark Andrews. But um, on the other hand, on the, the Browns, uh, no pun intended, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm avoiding OBJ just because I don't, I don't want to touch that. But um, literally, yeah, exactly. Austin Hooper, I do like um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Seems like Hunt's going to steal a little bit more of the the um, share this year. Uh, you know, just signed an extension, so uh, I'm starting to question a lot of these guys on really what it's going to look like for these offenses. Um, I think that Jarvis Landry, a good bet though, uh, and like I said, tight ends for both teams are are pretty solid. Ryan, one, you're not very high on Lamar at all, probably one of the lowest in the belly up crew. And then two, um, like Tom mentioned, Kareem Hunt did sign an extension here today, 
Uh, that's going to take a little bit away from Nick Chubb, you being such a Chubb truther, but sometimes you just got to follow the money, right? Hey, man, y'all can take Kareem Hunt if y'all want to. I think Chubb's going to be a monster this year regardless. Uh, he's one of the most efficient running backs the last two years. He's been really remarkable. Uh, for me, man, I I agree some with what you're saying, Chris. Like They need to get Lamar to stop running the ball so much, but not to where he's – if he has five carries a game, that seems more reasonable to me. So defenses still have to know that it can come and it will come, but he doesn't have to do it so much, and he needs to get – like sliding coaching because he really – You mentioned that earlier. <laughs> yeah, he, he does because you cannot take hits like that and last – his frame is not that big. Michael Vick. Yep, and Vick was more muscular. His, he had Vick had like a bigger frame. Yep. Yeah. Lamar is a, a bit slight, so I just – like if he can stay healthy, he will remain a great fantasy quarterback. But he, he should never rush for 1,000 yards again. That's not a good way to keep a franchise quarterback on his feet. So in this game, I'm curious to see how the backfield breaks down for both teams, like you said. And uh, But these defenses are good. I'm not going to be too exposed to this. Yeah, Billy, I might take the under on this game just because it's probably going to be a slugfest, right? Um, which also would help with my bold prediction of J.K. just nailing that coffin, right? He just killed a clock, let Lamar just chill, Robert Griffin third come up in there and just hand the ball off, right? You know, there is some concern with Lamar Jackson and the rushing. I'll tell you, one thing that, that uh, you know, hits with me, I guess, with Lamar is he just seems a little bit different. He is a little bit uh, less apt to take the big hit. Uh, I saw a stat, I forget exactly the numbers, but he really did not take a whole lot of very solid hits. So I kind of feel like maybe his running style, he's, he plays a little bit smart. No, he doesn't slide to a point Tom's made uh, before about that. But, uh, you know, something to work on. I, I do have a little bit of concern with the offense without Hayden Hurst. They kind of used him as that tight end one to leave Andrews kind of on that backside for a lot of the, the crossing routes. So who's that second uh, receiving threat that's going to step up with Andrews is going to be in a little bit different role this year. So uh, I really like Mark Ingram, very underrated guy. And I look for JK, you know, regardless of the depth chart uh, to get some work here. They didn't take him where they did or get him uh, uh, to, to sit him. He fits the system. It's what he did in college, and I think he'll be a great counterpart uh, as a dual threat. And he does catch the ball a lot better than Mark Ingram, and that may be why he ends up in a role sooner than later. Uh, the Browns, the Browns just worry me altogether. They're, they are one story that you know something happened today, uh, or one contract that someone got today from there being a locker room issue there and everything falling off the rails again. Stefanski's not an experienced coach. I, I do like the system there, but. I do worry about distractions in this Cleveland locker room. It's always been a concern for me. So uh, the Ravens adding Calais Campbell, I don't think the running game is going to be that effective for Cleveland uh, week one. Defenses are going to be ahead of offenses early. And for the Browns, I'm really kind of just waiting to see it. I like Baker as a breakout candidate, but I guess I don't necessarily like the week one matchup for really any of these guys, except maybe Kareem Hunt, just because the way he's going to be used, he's going to get some some work and some – a high floor, I guess, for a PPR situation. Yeah, definitely. Only in PPR am I probably going to touch Kareem Hunt uh, in that aspect. Um, just kind of moving forward, though, because we're already at 66 minutes, guys. But, Tom, let's talk about two birds of a feather. The Hawks and the Falcons in the Dome in Atlanta. The over-under for this is 49 points. Seahawks have 49 
or 79 vacated targets. The Falcons have 258 vacated targets. The number one team in the league for vacated targets. Um, my guess, Todd Gurley's going to eat. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, hey, early in the season, I'm all on Gurley. I've, I've had concerns over the last couple of years in durability. Just, uh, you know, look at last year. He missed some time based on his knees with the arthritis. Um, not a huge concern, but down the line this year, um, maybe trade him off before the trade deadline and get some value from him. Uh, Matt Ryan, always a solid quarterback. He puts up yardage. It, that is what it is. He's like Matthew Stafford. Year in, year out, he's going to put up numbers as long as he's healthy for Stafford, that is. Uh, Julio can't score a touchdown to save his life, but he's going to get yardage. Um, so those touchdowns probably going to Hayden Hurst uh, and Calvin Ridley. Um, unless they're – you know. If it's going to be a big play, it's those guys. If it's right up into the red zone early season, again, Todd Gurley is going to be the go-to guy. Um, so game one here, Matt Ryan's who I'm going with from the Falcons. Uh, Todd Gurley, I'm, I'm, I'm in on. Uh, and then I'd probably take um, you know tight end uh, Hayden Hurst over the receivers, game one at least. Um, Seahawks, Russell Wilson carries that team. That's not even a question. Backfield gets broken out a little bit. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde. Um, Carson probably ain't get the majority of the looks, especially with Hyde questionable. Um, and then tight end, they have way too many. I have no interest in any of them right now, to be honest. Um, but Tyler Rockett, I do have a lot of interest in. DK Metcalf as well. Uh, it, it, I think it'll be a good wide receiver too uh, into a flex. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I'm going to add one thing at the very end of this, uh, just for my prodigal son thing. But Ryan, what do you think about this matchup? I am big on the Seahawks. I think they're going to torch that Falcons defense. Uh, They have a very prolific offense. They have two arguably wide receiver one type guys. Uh, Carson has been right outside that elite range for the last two years, and he'll probably wind up there again, maybe sneaking up. Uh, I'm not concerned about You're the the right if he stays home. Yeah, I'm not concerned about Hyde. Hyde's a great change of pace guy for them. I mean, Hyde's a pretty solid back. But Carson's really good. For the Falcons, I mean, I don't know. I have a suspicion that the Seahawks defense is going to be pretty solid this year. Uh, so I'm not sure how much of the Falcons I really want as far as exposure. I mean, obviously Matt Ryan's relatively safe. Uh, Julio's relatively safe. Uh, and Gurley is going to be relatively safe. But I don't see them going bonkers crazy. The Seahawks don't turn the ball over very much, They're other than Carson, obviously. But, I mean, Wilson doesn't make a lot of turnovers. So, I, I, I mean, I can see this being a, a pretty tough game, but I do think the Seahawks win. Billy, what do you have to add to this? This is a game with a lot of premier talent. I mean, almost everybody that we've just mentioned, starting on these offenses, you're starting this week because of where you drafted them. However, the Falcons defense is getting a lot more healthy. The Seahawks defense added Jamal Adams. I see this game actually being a little bit of a stinker. I'm definitely taking the under here. Uh, I mean, small chance it turns into a shootout late, but I see a real slugfest at the beginning, uh, especially, you know, trying to factor in Gurley, what the Falcons want to do with him. Uh, I, I just I just see this being a low-scoring game with both teams playing really good defense. Both of these teams have savvy quarterbacks and aren't going to make mistakes. So I, I just see a lot of punts and a lot of field position play. And, you know, you got to play your dogs, but temper expectations we've won with these guys. I don't disagree with that at all because – the linebacking cores for both crews are so solid. I mean, we're yeah. talking top six, seven linebacking cores for both these crews. 
against these running backs that we're talking about, Carson and Gurley, Russ and Stafford are very prolific with Julio, Metcalf, Lockett. Ryan, not Stafford. Right, my bad. (laughs) But what I wanted to get on the soapbox was my running back 15, Todd Gurley, the prodigal son returns, like I've said. He was a senior in high school when Julio got drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. He committed to the University of Georgia and watched Matt Ryan and Julio Jones play in this dome. He went to L.A., and comes back home to be the guy who's going to get Dirk Cotter's 15 floor carries, not along with the passes from Matt Ryan. They have the most vacated targets, 258 vacated targets, guys. If he gets 20% of that, just 20% of that, he's RB3 over the course of the year in PPR formats. That's ridiculous. Now, everyone remembers Todd Gurley's 2017 career. Everyone fades his last year career, 2019. Todd Gurley finished 57 times inside the top 20 in his career with 11 of those. 11 of those coming last season. He wasn't a shell of himself. McVay just didn't want to use him. Todd Gurley just didn't want to show out like we always talk about with David Johnson in the Arizona Cardinals situation. I feel like him at home, he's going to rise to the occasion and just rock and roll. Ryan, let's talk about Hard Knocks favorites, Los Angeles Chargers versus Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and the Cincinnati Bengals. The over-under for this game is 43 points. A lot of fantasy implications in this game because the defenses are so good. Uh, And a lot of rookies as well. Mike Williams isn't in the game. You got Austin Eckler. You got Justin Jackson. We don't know who you're going to play. What are your insights on this? I am definitely intrigued. Uh, the Chargers have a good defense, but the Bengals offense has so many unknowns that I don't know how you prepare for this team right now. Uh, you're going to need some film because Burrow is a different thing. I'm not sure if he's going to take the NFL by storm, but he's not going to suck. And they have a lot of weapons. That's the thing. Like they really do. Uh, I don't know how good the line's going to be. The Chargers are going to be salty on defense. And then when it comes around, I'm not sure the Bengals defense is all that great. Uh, I do think there's some opportunity here. Guys like Keenan Allen could have 15 catches. Uh, Henry's probably going to score. Eckler's probably going to score at least once. Uh, when you think about what this does, my bold prediction is that everybody dogging about this Tyrod and Eckler combo that he doesn't throw to running backs, that Eckler scores two times in this game. I Whether love that's it. In the air or through the ground, he's going to get two touchdowns this game because I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to stop that. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stop much of anything, honestly. So that's probably with Allen not having Williams and Henry probably getting that kind of attention. Eckler's probably going to be a guy that's going to get a ton of touches. I think he's going to score. Josh, I'm going to talk about later. But, Billy, what do you think about this? Obviously, Ryan's right on a lot of these things because we all agree on this, right? Yeah, I I really like Tyrod. I I think this these this is going to be a fun matchup. I think they're going to score some points. I, I think the Chargers defense is really good, but there's a lot of weapons in Cincinnati, and I think Burrow is more than capable. And especially with uh, Mixon, he has a guy to lean on, and AJ Green is back. I mean, we forget how big time this guy is. So uh, 
Tyler Boyd on the opposite side, T. Higgins underneath. Uh, I don't know about Uzuma. I'm not high on him myself, but I do like this Bengals offense collectively. Um, but the Chargers, I think, could be one of the more underrated offenses in the NFL. Tyrod is is very underrated. Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, you can do a lot with those guys, and, and the Bengals defense doesn't have really much of anything to handle them. So big day for the Chargers. I think Tyrod could be a guy that everybody's kicking themselves over not rostering after week one. He can have a huge day. Tom, what do you think? I mean, hey, I can't wait until like week three or four when Tyrod gets hurt and Justin Herbert comes in and takes over the starting job and leads oh, him to an a, a eight and eight record for the first time. And oh, wait, sorry, this is in Cleveland. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, Herbert's going to be starting halfway through the year. But anyway, for this game, I mean, Tyrod Taylor probably have a pretty decent game. He's not a bad quarterback, he's a game manager, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, but Austin Eckler is the guy for the Chargers. Um, the only bright side to me on the Cincinnati defense, um, obviously you got old man Atkins uh, and Carlos Dunlap. They're old as hell, but they're not going to put too much pressure on the front end. Um, but beyond that, it's Von Bell and Jesse Bates. The safeties are the best players you have I, personally. So uh, I think that you're going to put a, a lot of effort on trying to use safeties to stop Hunter Henry. Uh, and then without Mike Williams, or if he's kind of, uh, you know, at least subdued with some, lingering injuries it's going to be Keenan Allen's the other guy you stop obviously so Austin Eckler gonna have yards no question um Cincinnati like we said a lot of weapons uh it's going to be interesting to see how Joe Burrow plays is it some backyard football with a rookie quarterback against a good defense and just hey get out there play some football have some fun and let's see what you got in the NFL uh if so who the ball go to um you will have to see Uh, I think that you'll probably see a lot of Joe Mixon try and get uh you know, some of the pressure off of uh, Burrow. So uh, I'd be on in on Mixon. Even Bernard probably, you know, you might see some two running back sets. We'll see how they, they play it. You could get creative with it. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm not in week one on any particular receiver from Cincinnati. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the one thing I can say about the defenses, though, is, I mean, the Chargers just paid Bosa and uh, – Ingram, right? They did lose Derwin, so that kind of helps Burrow's situation a little bit where he can throw the ball, and I think Chris that... Harris. Yeah, you still got Nasir Adderley, Chris Harris, K- yeah. uh, Casey Hayward, Desmond King. I mean, yeah, the Chargers quarterback unit, even after Derwin has gone, is number five from Mike Clay, so yeah, they're good, right? But Joe Burrow is good as well. Uh, he loves the slot, guys. But let's talk about a different quarterback, right? My quarterback 16, Ty God Taylor, guys. He was under Anthony Lynn over three seasons, the quarterback 13. Under Anthony Lynn, quarterback 13. In Buffalo, you give him an upgraded offensive line with Brian Balaga, with Marquise Pouncey. I mean, that's elite right there. Yeah, I'm looking. I see it. And you know I love offensive linemen, right, Ryan? We're offensive linemen through and through, so that's where the game is won. If your offensive line can dominate that defensive line, which the Chargers offensive line should manhandle the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line or defensive line, Ty God is going to get you some points this week. 
And we're going to move on because everyone knows how much I love Tiger. I just talk about them all day. But, Billy, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals matchup against the 49ers. The, the 49ers game, the, the over-under for this is 47 points. There's a lot of vacated targets from both of the teams. But you add Nuke, you get rid of DJ, and you have Kenyon Drake for the whole year. You got Kyler under the air raid offense of Cliff Kingsbury for a whole year now. You think he can ascend? I'm hoping so. But you got Jimmy G as well with the slew of running backs he has and no wide receivers. How does this fare for you? Because you got to think you, you you might want to take the under on this, right? And this is one of the more interesting matchups. One team's offense has you know little to be desired but a great defense. And, and the opposite side for the Cardinals, we, we all love all their offensive pieces and we're not too keen on their defense for obvious reasons. That being said, uh, the Cardinals were the worst against the quarterback and the tight end in 2019 fantasy points wide. That doesn't bode well. Jimmy Garoppolo shredded him for four touchdowns both times they met, and George Kittle is just a man amongst boys out there. So I could see that being a real problem. However, the opposite side of the ball, Kenny Drake, I'm not a Kenny Drake guy. I really think Chase Edmonds is a guy to have in this offense. I just see it playing out that way. I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But the addition of Nuke, for uh, Kyler Murray is going to be huge. That's what they really lacked in the two matchups against the Niners last year. Is towards the end of the game, he was really forcing balls in places that he shouldn't have been throwing them. And the second matchup, they put him in the same situation and had a really lackluster performance. I'm really excited to see Nuke against um, Richard Sherman. That matchup would be a lot of fun. And I think you can still go to DeAndre with Sherman matched up against him. So I think Kyler has a good day. This could be a little more of a shootout than we think. And uh, watch out for the Tevin Coleman breakout. I'm a fan I'm of both. Yes, both RBTs. I, I mean, he's one of my most most owned running backs. Uh, Tom, what do you think about this matchup in the NFC? I mean, hey, you don't not start DeAndre Hopkins. It's literally not an option. You probably drafted him first round. It's he's going to play. You're going to put him in. Running back first round. Oh my bad, second round. Uh, great. It's, yeah, I mean, like he's a he's a top receiver. You're going to start him. I don't care who he's playing. Doesn't matter. Um, my only concern is if you do have that air raid offense, it might drop him slightly from from his past years in uh, um, in Houston. You know, over the course of a season by a couple of receptions, but it's he's still going to be a top uh, top receiver over the year. Um, Kyler Murray, I am big on. I think that he's going to have a big game. Um, you know, he's going to show up. He has plenty of weapons now. You can't make an excuse that he doesn't. The offensive line's not bad, actually. They've gotten better and better over time. Um, we'll see. You know, they had some injuries at the end of last year, so uh, you know, obviously, this year coming into it healthy should be helpful for him. Uh, not as big on Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is a decent backup. You might see some splits and. Um, I think especially later in the year, Chase Edmonds could start taking over for him. Uh, that's that's what I see. But San Francisco, Garoppolo, not a big fan, but I think he'll do well. He puts up uh, pretty decent numbers. Um, but receiver, it's questionable. You don't have Debo Samuel fully healthy. You don't have Brandon Ayuk really healthy, um, who really has missed a lot of time in practice as a rookie receiver. Uh, and as a rookie, you know, you don't have a ton of uh, ton of experience going into the season here. You didn't have a preseason you miss a lot of practice, that's not going to be great. So um, I'm not super confident in Ayuk, uh, game one at least. I'm actually fading him, to be honest. Dan's probably pretty upset with me. Um, but uh, obviously George Kittle, same thing. That top tight end, you're going to play him. 
not really an option. Yeah, that's fair. I really don't have too much to add to that except for, I mean, I got I to gotta give the juice to Kyler Murray, right? Oh, he's my quarterback three. I mean, he's legit. Over the first 12 weeks last year, he was the quarterback 12. He nursed a hamstring issue towards the end of the season that maybe a lot of us didn't see, uh, but it showed up in his mobility, right? In the first 12 games, he threw five interceptions. In the last four games, he threw seven. It affected his play-calling ability. It affected his whole demeanor, right? Because he's a young rookie guy under Cliff Kingsbury who dropped him 1.01. You know, that's demoralizing a little bit. So you move on, you move forward. Ryan, do you have anything to add to that? This is a tough matchup for the cards. It really is. I don't like that one bit. Uh, obviously, you're going to start Hopkins, but I'm not going to dip into that well. I disagree with y'all on Drake. I think Drake's going to be really solid other than this week when he just runs into that juggernaut of a defense. Uh, and on the other side, Kittle, leave the rest. It's, it's going to be a little confusing while that backfield takes shape. I think Mostert's going to win the job, but see how many, how many touches is he really going to get? I'm not sure. Go ahead. I got two bold predictions on on the, this game just before we get on. Jimmy Garoppolo, four touchdowns to George Kittle, and Christian Kirk has 100 yards and a touchdown. Put it on the board. I love it, Billy. I love it. Ooh. That's solid. That's spicy, Tom. That was. That that's was spicy. spicy. But I'm going to take that Christian Kirk deal all day, baby. I love it, Billy. Page one out uh, of the book. Go big or go home. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? Let's do it. Uh, The last headlining game that I'm going to talk about is probably one of the most exciting games of the weekend where there's a lot of narratives going on, right? You got two veteran quarterbacks who have seen everything. One guy who's been with the franchise forever. One guy, brand new team, looking to take the helm. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints in NOLA. On Sunday, the NFC South, it's going to be crazy. A 49.5 over under. I mean, you got Brady with the best weapons of his career. Godwin, Evans, Gronk, Howard, Rojo, Shady, Fournette. I mean, the list just keeps on going. You got, you can just keep on going and going and going on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're legit playing fantasy football in real life. And then you got the Saints with AK-47, who just signed the contract. You got Drew Brees, who is going to be in the Hall of Fame. You got Michael Thomas, the consensus 1.01 wide receiver. You add Manny Sanders, the Texas guy from SMU, who gives him the juice. You got Jared Cook, who is the tight end number six overall last year. The defenses are good. This is an exciting game. This is what football is about right here, right, guys? You got Titans of the Gridiron playing this week, and we get to watch it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, The Bucs have 108 vacated targets. The Saints have 72. Passes are going to be going all over the place for the Saints. Manny Sanders is going to have a good game. AK is going to have a good game. Michael Thomas is going to have a good game. Drew Brees is going to have a game. The one guy for the Bucks that I'm going to highlight, that I always highlight, because everyone in this game I want pieces of, but the one guy that I'm going to highlight is the former 24-7 WWE mass singer, white tiger dancing on the dance floor, Robert Gronk. 
Kowski, baby. Let's look. Let's dive into this a little bit, okay? Brady's arm has always been a question because he hasn't had these kind of caliber receivers, right? You can stat out what him and Gronk have done. I believe the stat was at 15 to 18 yards down the field, Brady has connected with three wide receivers, but he's connected, or I'm sorry, three times. He's connected with Gronk about 20. So the connection is there. This is week one in a brand new system. Gronk and Brady are boys. My bold prediction is that Gronk scores two touchdowns this week out of nine week ones. Nine week ones, okay? Nine seasons, week one, Gronk, Brady together. Gronk has been the tight end number six and connected with Brady eight times in the end zone. That's immaculate. That is crazy. And Gronk is going to score twice this game. Tom, let's kick it off with you because you guys, you're shaking your head. You know I love Gronk, and you you're gonna, you're gonna, don't don't pee in my Cheerios, man. I, I've already done that. I already told you Gronk's not going to do it this year. He's not it. I'm sorry. He's going to be okay, but it's you have too many weapons on the team. Oddly enough, the Fournette signing didn't make sense to me. You don't need a third running back, really. You have Shady, you have um, Fournette now, uh, and obviously Rojo. You need another receiver. You have two receivers and then Scotty Miller as your three. I mean, hey, if if all you need is two receivers, all you need is two receivers. We'll see. Um, Tom Brady probably going to have a good week fantasy-wise. Not going to lie. It's You got weapons, though. So uh, I'd take him. Um, beyond that, I'm, I'm good on Gronk. I'll pass on it. I think he'll probably have a touchdown, but if that's, if that's your only requirement as a – your starting tight end, then by all means, go ahead and take him. Uh, definitely That's not. Why I love my tight end is six point shit. Fair enough. <laughs> don't take, you know, don't take him for two. He's not going to get it. I'm sorry. Um, New Orleans, though, it's Breeze, Kamara, Thomas. Those are the guys you want. Those are the guys you're going to start. Again, you draft them to start them. Um, Breeze, you might not, but uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, obviously, you don't really have a choice. Uh, Jordan Cook, though, I think could have a, a good, good, solid game. Another team. Jared. Uh, yeah, another or sorry, uh, Jared Cook. Um, both teams though really have two receivers, and that's it. And it's it's weird to me. You look at uh, most of the NFC South actually is pretty shallow when it comes to receiver. You're uh, not wrong. We talk about how stacked they are. They have great one two guys. Uh, the Saints probably the lesser of the the division. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not big on, but um, you know beyond that, this this division is pretty shallow at receiver. The Panthers are probably the deepest. So, Ryan, no, oh, Ryan with the big. With the Who's big got a who? I'm saying deepest. They don't have the best, but the deepest. Well, I mean, golly, that's like saying who's got the biggest kiddie pool. That's not really <laughs> that exciting. But there's one guy in this division who's the best receiver in the league, and he plays for the Saints. And I am going to be targeting him because he cannot guard him. Yeah. And uh, I think the Saints that's, defense. Yeah, that's his handle. The Saints defense is slightly better than the Bucks defense, so I am going to be leaning more towards the Saints. But I don't hate any of it because I think it's going to be high scoring. This is going to be another really good game, a lot in the veins of the Texans and the Chiefs. I think this is going to be high scoring. I just want to lean more to the Saints. I mean, Breeze is a great start this week. Uh, Thomas to me is just a no-brainer. Uh, I like Sanders. I think Sanders is pretty solid. He's not spectacular, but he's solid. 
And another thing to, to keep too is Traquan Smith, uh, they want to feature him as part of their offense. I mean, Sean Payton's come out and said it. He has had three touchdowns the last two years, both, and he barely plays. So when he's healthy, he does contribute. He has big games. This could be one of those games. DFS games for sure. You know, I would target Traquan in DFS. Billy, what do you want to add to this? This is going to be one of the funnest matchups we might see week one, and it might have some serious playoff implications right out of the gate. I mean, these are both two teams that are Super Bowl or bust, right? Aging quarterbacks, pulling in a lot of talent, and, hey, they're both healthy. So I think it could be really interesting. Both defenses are, are good, not great. Both offenses are loaded with talent and have great quarterbacks at the helm. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. Uh, I, I really think O.J. Howard will be the, be a tight end that we could see a little action out of. I don't think Gronk really gets a big run until playoff time. I don't think they want to risk him having any setbacks or any injury that lingers where they don't have him when mistakes really matter. And uh, the Saints, Emmanuel Sanders, I really like him to the Traquan point. Uh, I think it's Traquan or Jared Cook for me. I mean, which guy gets that kind of that slot role? that the Bucks really struggle to guard. So uh, Traquan could be a great play. And, uh, you know, they've tried to feature him in that wide receiver two role. It, it turned out to be just a little bit too much for him to chew. But uh, wide receiver three with Emmanuel Sanders in that locker room, uh, I, th- I think could bode really well for him. And uh, Kamara, I think, has a huge game week one. Hopefully he'll have his contract right by then. And uh, he'll be focused on nothing but football. So this one, uh, this could be another Chiefs-Texans-esque matchup for week one. A lot of points. For sure, for sure. I don't disagree with that at all because of, like you were saying, the implications of the playoffs and everything like this and how much these guys are going to want to play against each other. I mean, Brady Breeze, I mean, how classic is that? I mean, for everything that's going on right now in the world, football is bringing everything together, for me at least, at least in Texas. Right, Ryan? Um, also, another thing, our newest sponsor to Belly Up Fantasy Live, really appreciate these guys, Jazz Sportsbook. Check out our newest sponsor, Jazz Sportsbook and Casino. They have a ton of great features like same-day payouts, live streaming, live betting, and available 24-7. So, use promo code BUS150 for 150% free play up to 1K of your own dollars when you sign up. Go to jazzsports.ag today, guys. We're going to finish this off. With the last three games, I'm talking about the Cowboys, the Rams, the Steelers, the Giants, and the Monday night Tennessee Titans and Broncos. These are some huge games right here, guys. Obviously, our fans here in Texas love the Dallas Cowboys, Tom. And you're going to headline this. The Dallas Cowboys versus the hard knocks favorite Sean McVay LA Rams. They're going to L.A. to play. This is the second highest over-under from Vegas to the Houston Texans-Chiefs game at 51.5 points. It's absolutely crazy what Dak and Goff could do with the receivers that they have. This could be the highest scoring game of the year if you think about it. I'm going to take a break, put it on mute. I'm going to turn my speaker. You went on mute way too early there, buddy. We have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) I'm putting myself on mute so you three guys can talk, and I'm just going to listen. 
I mean, as far as the highest scoring game, I wouldn't say that. It'd probably be pretty high scoring, though. It'd probably be up there. Um, as much as I hate to say it, Dak will have a good game. He will. The Rams' defense, uh, obviously Aaron Donald, fantastic. One of the best players in the league. Um, beyond that, Jalen Ramsey, you have one cornerback. Taylor Rapp, decent at safety, but not great. Uh, not a whole lot else to be said on that defense. It's not fantastic. So Dallas will have a good day on offense. Um, Zeke, Dak, they'll eat. That's fine. Um, Receiver-wise, I, I do think Cooper might get shut down a little bit by uh, you know the one defensive back out in L.A. So um, I actually am fading him a little bit. Um, beyond that, though, I mean, hey, Cooper Cup, going to have a good game. The only receiver they have out in L.A. Uh, beyond Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. Uh, I don't anticipate Van Jefferson having a big uh, you know contribution week one. So uh, I'll take Cooper Cup, and then out of Dallas, uh, as far as receiver goes, I'll take Gallup. Uh, again, not huge on Lamb. Week one as a rookie uh, in that offense, a lot of weapons. They're going to try and target Amari. I think he'll get shut down, like I said. Um, and they'll try and target Gallup, and I'll take him uh, over over the rookie. Yeah, I want some Zeke. Show me some Zeke. Uh, otherwise, I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. But I think it's going to be a pretty balanced yep. attack outside so, of Zeke. Spread it out. Dak, obviously. Yeah, so Dak and Zeke. Otherwise, this is going to be hard to tell. They're talking about a three running yeah, back committee. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching LA golf now. either. I, I don't. Yeah, me neither, man. I'm with you. I like. I do see this being a high-scoring game, but I think the only consistent uh, well for those points yep. is going to be Zeke and Dak. Uh, like I said, I think Cup too, really? just target-wise. Yeah, the lack of clarity of the backfield in, in L.A. really worries me about the Rams. I mean, we saw what that offense was when Gurley struggled last year. It's really, really subpar when we have to rely on Goff and let him do everything. So a uh, little concern there. Cowboys defense should be improved, especially in the secondary. And, you know, I'm not the guy that's sold on Robert Woods as a wide receiver one and uh, no Brandon Cook. So I, I am a little concerned about the Rams coming into this year when they don't have a running back to lean on. It, that offense, I'm I'm pulling back the reins a little bit from my expectations. The Cowboys, uh, the Jalen Ramsey Amari Cooper matchup, I think really does not bode well for Dallas. Uh, but luckily for them, they have a ton of options to go to. Zeke can catch balls. Michael Gallup had 1,100 yards last year, and C.D. Lamb. We're all excited to see what he can do. I really think CeeDee Lamb could have a breakout day. And to be honest, I think Zeke has a regular 22 carries, 100-some yards, touchdown, and they just ride Zeke and get this win, trying to avoid Aaron Donald as much as possible. Uh, You start dropping back and passing, you're risking Dak getting hit. And I just don't think that they will necessarily need to throw uh, that much and risk it like that. One thing I need to add real quick. uh, Sorry, Chris. Marco, you're welcome. It's not that bad because Zeke is going to do well against this defense. Uh, there's not much to run against other than Donald. Um, but this game has no impact on the Cowboys finishing about eight, eight, maybe nine and seven if you're lucky. But they might get that that extra wild card spot that that the NFL has given out this year, though. That's raw, Tom. <laughs> we'll we'll wait for Marco to comment real here. Real oh yeah. Quick. But I'm going to agree with Zeke is going to eat. He's my running back, too. He's going to eat every game. But like Billy was saying, I'm going to piggyback off of this. CeeDee Lamb, man, they featured this guy in the red zone during camp, and he has done everything that they've wanted him to do. 
<laughs> I think CeeDee Lamb is going to go above and beyond expectations because Ramsey's going to blanket Cooper. I don't think Darwin is going to have a great game this time or this week. And it just might be me, but I think Gallup is just very overhyped. Yes, he had a thousand yard season last year, but I think CeeDee Lamb is the dude to own at his ADP. I would disagree. Right. But on a limited amount of time, Ryan, let's talk about a slobber knocker right here with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense versus your guy, the number one running back for you, Saquon Barkley. Nothing wrong with that. The dude is a freak. The dude's quads are huge. The dude is a freak. He can just do anything, and he 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 eliminates timetables for everything, right? The over-under for this game is 47.5 points. The only issue I have with this game is that Jason Garrett is his play caller. What do you think? Well, that worked out for Zeke pretty good the last two years, I would say. Zeke has been one of the elite backs in the league every year under Jason Garrett. So I'm not that concerned about that. No, I think I'd go the over, even though I think Pittsburgh's defense is silly good. I just think that's how good the Giants offense can be this year. I don't think we'll see the fully realized version of that week one, but they're going to feature Saquon a lot. And I think that Slayton's going to give them problems and he's going to score. I do think that with a healthy Evan Ingram as well, which how how long we're going to get that, I don't know. But with a healthy Evan Ingram, there are not a lack of weapons on this team. Daniel Jones, the biggest thing for me is fumbles. If he can cut those fumbles even in half, this guy's looking at serious fantasy potential. You're not going to see the best of these guys this week against what I think is an incredibly good Steelers defense. On the other side, the Giants defense isn't that great. Juju's going to go off. I think Connor goes off. I think Ben goes off. This is going to be a higher scoring game, even though the Steelers defense is good, because I think the Giants have that kind of offense. And week two is going to be shocked for the rest of the NFL. And they don't have to play a team like this. Tom, I've got a little bit higher expectations for Eric Ebron in this game, just because I've heard things that they're going to use him in the passing game, mismatch him, you know, things that while quote unquote, they're playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. What do you think in this matchup? Who are you using? What's going on, Chris Robin, Detroit Beastie? Yeah, I mean, hey, I think that uh, they did say Eric Ebron's going to be a mismatch nightmare, which makes sense. I mean, he's fast. I believe he ran about a four-six-ish, give or take, um, and he's big. So, a uh, good tight end, uh, you know, for the uh, you know for the red zone. So, he's going to be, I think, uh, more reliant on touchdowns. Uh, though it's kind of like that Gronkowski situation. Uh, but beyond that, James Conner, they've said, is their bell house. I think he's going to have a big game. Roethlisberger always, again, you know, there's a couple guys that always put up yards. It's Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, always putting up four to 5,000 yards a season as long as they're able to play. So uh, I don't think that'll change for him this year. Um, receivers a little bit more questionable, I think, for the Steelers. Juju, obviously, um, they're number one. Uh, curious to see if he really has a, a wide receiver one type of season, though. Uh, and beyond that, uh, Claypool, I think, could be good, but I don't know about week one. Um, same thing, you know, beyond that, it's James Washington, Deontay Johnson. Who's really going to be that that wide receiver two for him? Um, the Giants, on the other hand, I mean, Saquads. My nephew's 11. He He's in his jumper all day, just jumping around, running around the house. I'm like, cool, he's going to be the next Saquads. I can't wait. 
right? Um, <laughs> but like, he never skips leg day. Look at the guy. He's massive. So, uh, you know, obviously running the ball, you have an improved offensive line for him. Passing the ball, if you look at Daniel Jones's passer rating, the only area that he's better at than passing to Saquon is deep down the middle, oddly enough. So, Saquon, possibly Ryan. I think that's that's the look. Is Darius Slayton at receiver? Um, you know, he's a big play guy, so uh, I think that's what he might rely on. But Saquon, you can't go wrong with it. Um, and then, hey, if he's if he's healthy, Evan Ingram, we've talked about before. I think he he could have a good year as long as he's still on the field. That's fair. I mean, real quick, uh, apparently Periscope didn't pick up my comment for you, uh, Chris Robin at Detroit BC. But yeah, um, we we like to have we, we love the fantasy community. We're always going to support you guys. Uh, but you will always be one of our top five guys here at Belly Up Fantasy Live. So thank you, Chris, for always supporting us. Uh, but yeah, I like Eric Ebron. Billy, what do you think, man? You know, I, the Steelers' defense was defense one fantasy-wise from week eight on. Uh, the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick really transformed what this defense was able to do. So I'm really worried about the Giants. I mean, you're starting Saquon, obviously, because where you drafted him, possibly Evan Ingram, too. Outside of that, temper expectations. I'm really worried about Daniel Jones, and I'm going to be featuring him in my sit uh column here coming up this week for everybody week one. On the other side of the ball, Big Ben's back. This offense should be, you know, looking like what we expect it to be. Juju, uh, I'll be, I'll have my mind completely made up about him after week one. Uh, Evan Ingram, I don't see him having a big day with Minka Fitzpatrick being able to shadow him, and I think it opens up for Slayton, uh, the guy that they're going to move around more more than anybody. And Sterling Shepard on the outside, I think he could win some matchups, but if a Giant has a big day catching the ball, it will be Darius Slayton because he he will be the guy they move around and get the mass the matchup mismatch. Billy, I have nothing to add to that. And because of time, I want you to kick us off and finish it off with the 920 Eastern game of the Tennessee Titans versus the Denver Broncos. I'm so sad to talk about the Denver Broncos right now because of Von Miller's injury, but fantasy implications are crazy for this game. The over-under is not very good. It's 41. But, I mean, you got Derrick Henry. You got Jonu Smith. You got Ryan Tannehill. You got A.J. Brown. You got Drew Locke. Noah Fant. You know, Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay. Jerry Judy. Cortland. I mean, it's a VIP list, right? Um, who are you targeting? Who do you think is going to just go off during this game? Yeah, a lot of fantasy gems in this game. And, obviously, the uh... – extraction of Lamar Miller or uh, Vaughn Miller from the game is a little bit concerning and kind of changes a little bit about how I feel about, uh, you know, going into this game fantasy wise. My initial thought was I really thought Tennessee could pull off the uh, week one upset in Denver as Denver wins a, you know, strong majority of the time, but the point spread with Tennessee, I saw Denver being a one point favorite and Tennessee and Denver played last year. And one of the least sexy matchups that we saw was a 16, nothing Denver win. However, the Titans were still starting Mariota. That was the game that they switched to Tannehill. Tannehill came in, completed 13 out of 16 passes, and obviously changed the course of their entire season. And the and the Broncos were still starting Joe Flacco. So this is going to be a completely different matchup. Uh, two additions to Denver's defense that I think will give the Titans some problems is Darrell Casey moving from Tennessee to Denver and the addition of A.J. Bouye. 
So AJ Brown's going to have his work cut out for him. Do I think he can beat Bouye? Yes, but I don't think he's going to just run wild back there. No Chris Harris, but uh, you know the Titans don't really have a number two receiver either. Johnny Smith could have a big day with no Von Miller uh, lurking outside anywhere. That could change a whole lot, but uh, this game's going to be different. Derrick Henry, I don't think, has a big day. Only 15 carries for 28 yards, and the Denver defense got better in the aspect of defending the run. So uh, temper your your Derrick Henry expectations, and uh, I think this might turn into a shootout late just because uh, of just the way it sets up. Tom, do you have anything out of that? Yeah, I mean, Johnny Smith, uh, I think she have a good year, but this game, I actually think Justin Simmons might be able to kind of take that edge out of him. Uh, I, I think that that could be a good matchup. Von Miller, I, I, to me, at least seems like more of a pass rusher. He's, uh, not that he can't cover somebody, but uh, you know, he, he's not pressuring Ryan Tannehill. Um, what that does open up, though, is Derrick Henry, albeit you do still have Jarrell Casey, you do still have Bradley Chubb, um, but it, it definitely is a big hole opened up on that uh, Denver defense. So, um, but what I see for game one and the entire season, Drew Locke is going up my charts right now. I mean, if your defense is going to be worse, you're going to throw more. And I already think Drew Locke is going to have a big season, a lot of weapons in Denver. Uh, and this is only going to help him pass the ball more and, and just blow up. I mean, he's pushing towards, uh, you know, well into the top 10 right now for me. That's fair. Uh, one thing I want to throw on you guys, I think I mentioned this earlier before we went live. Let's talk about a little bit of a, a hometown league aspect, right? Because that's what we all play fantasy football for. That's what all drove us to the point that we're at. The industry leagues are great. The the tournaments that we're in are great. But when it comes down to what it all boils down to is your hometown league where you can just, you know, you're going to HEB, you're going to the gas station, you see your bro over there, you see the person you're playing, you're like, mm, I just beat you, and I'm better than you at fantasy football. And it's so great, right? Uh, Tom, please tell me, because, they, well, I want to talk to Tom first because of his... I about the Titans and Broncos. I didn't get to talk about the Titans and Broncos. Yeah, you got to oh. give him a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. I just think I, – I think I disagree with you on Henry. I think he's going to eat. Uh, Tennessee's line, obviously, losing the tackle's tough, but I think they're going to feed Henry a lot. Brown is going to be able to dominate any corner he goes against this year, in my opinion. You've been a big uh, guy on Brown for sure. Yeah, and I'm – you know, the Tennessee defense is a little bit better than people think it is, but this could become a really high-scoring game, especially if they can run on Denver. Do what? Tennessee just picked up Clowney. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Tennessee's defense is, was good before that, too. I mean, they yeah. lost Casey, but Clown, now they have Clowney. Under Rabel's coaching? Um, yep. Again. Clowney might catch, Clowney might catch a, 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 a touchdown or something, right? For sure. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. No, brother, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, oh, so I was mentioning hometown leagues, right? What we're all about, right? Tom. I want to talk about your hometown league where it's your building league where I think you drafted your boy Minshew Mania, right? First round. I love it. I absolutely love it because you're that confident in your ability and then also belly up's ability to help you win this league, right? I am. I mean, hey, let's be honest. My building's a bunch of chumps that don't really play much fantasy football, so I'm pretty confident in that. 
Um, but it is a super flex league. I don't think they really understand what that means fully, but that's fine. That's let me get Minshew and Drew Locke. Uh, got Drew Locke pretty late, so helped out. I, like I said, Drew Locke's up into the top 10 for me, so um, I'm, I'm pretty confident having the two of them in, as my, my QBs. I love it. Ryan, what's your little brag? Because you've got a bunch of hometown leagues right now uh, that you've been a part of for, like, what, two decades? Yeah, one of them's 34 years old. It's crazy. Yeah, we just had our draft. It got wild. I would made a trade, a uh, second rounder and a third rounder for Devontae Parker. It's a dynasty league. So uh, I'm really high on Parker this year. I mean, y'all know that. And my the second round picks I had and the third round picks I had were it was uh, just okay picks. So I was like, you know what? My team's pretty stacked. I needed RB help, and I wasn't going to get it. So I just got another stud receiver to add to Cooper and uh, A.J. Green. Uh, it's a 16-team league, so the, the teams are not that deep. So my, my receiving course is excellent. I mean, A.J. Green's the analyst pick this year. Uh the biggest surprise, though, Billy, I mean, your son tagging me and Ryan in some help uh, on Twitter, man. Uh, I absolutely love it. Sam, uh, I will help you every day of the week to beat your dad. Billy, what's going on in that hometown league, brother? You know, he was uh, downstairs. We were talking about fantasy teams, and he was asking me to help him split some hairs, and I told him I couldn't help him anymore because, you know, he's got a driver's license now, so that's the, that's the cutoff. So his reply was, uh, well, he'll just ask Chris and Ryan. So uh, he pretty quick tweeted you guys right after that. So he's kind of turning my guys against me, uh, getting advice on all ends. But, hey, it's fun. Uh, that's my home league. We call it affectionately called Waifu, the Western Iowa Fantasy Union. Uh, three father-son combos in there and, and some close friends. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of smack talk. I mean, probably some of the heaviest smack talk of any of the leagues I'm in. And uh, I love my team. I was able to get CEH, Miles Sanders, and Todd Gurley action, all the Texans, and uh, Bryce Love and uh, Henry Ruggs in the 16th, Drew Locke we just talked about. So I'm loving that team. However, I'm looking at my son's team. He picked at the 10 spot, 10-team league, and just killed it with the two-tap at the end. So I'm a little concerned about him, but uh, he's had uh, some poor fortune when he sees me in the playoffs. So hopefully – We'll add another ship. Two out of three right now with the title game loss in the middle, so hopefully to make it back-to-backs. We'll see how it goes, though. Let's rock and roll, man. Sam, me and Ryan and Tom are always here to help you. Don't worry about your dad. Uh, I want to brag real quick on my couples league with me and my wife. My wife is a champion of this league. Uh, I am not. She is projected from ESPN to beat me in this league yet again. Um, yeah, right? I mean, how crazy is this? And she went zero RB. She went oh, Mike Thomas first wow. round. And she's projected to beat me and win the league. It's crazy. And you know how I am. I go running back heavy. So I got Josh Jacobs. I got Todd Gurley. I got Z. I got Joe Mixon. What? And she's projected to beat me. It's absolutely crazy. Um yeah, and I've got Dak Prescott as my quarterback. I'm sorry, uh, Tom. I'll have T.D. Lamb uh, as my wide receiver three under Brandon Cooks uh, and Calvin Ridley. I don't understand how she's going to beat me, but he has been. Projections are trash, dude. I'm saying, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just it's wild, but I love my home league. Uh, we've been doing it for a while, and, you know, that's why we all play fantasy football. Um, 
I appreciate everyone who's watched us. We had a great following tonight. Thank you, everyone who commented um, and just and just follows us constantly uh, while we grow in the fantasy community because we're young. We're probably one of the youngest podcasts in the fantasy community that we constantly talk to. You know, we talk to the good old boys. We talk to uh, the fantasy coaches. Obviously, Dan is in it, um, and just all the love that we're getting. So. Where can everyone follow you guys at? Uh, and obviously, we have a lot of stuff going on this season. Uh, so, Tom, you kick us off. Where can everyone follow you at? What are you working on? And uh, let's move on, right? Move on to week two. Yeah, man. Uh, at Belly Up Tom on Twitter. Uh, always open to catching some some heat on there. Obviously, you know, got some hot takes on here. Billy, you're challenging me with some of them, though. You're, you're getting some hot takes out there, too. So, um Always follow me there uh, as well as uh, at Belly Up Football. Uh, we're getting the up-to-date football news uh, as we kind of kick off the season here. So we're going to be getting a lot more active on that. If you like NFL, college football, uh, assuming it comes back from bankruptcy, XFL, we get on there, uh, we get crazy with it. So uh, make sure you're checking it out. Ryan, what you got? Man, just getting ready for the, uh, Thursday, man. So excited. Uh, you'll be getting weekly articles from me as well, and I'll be really active and engaged on Twitter on Sundays. I got Sundays off for football season. So we're going to be getting after it and be talking about the stuff that I like and don't like. I'm just ready to immerse myself in football, see everybody on social media Thursday night and see what takes are out there. Uh, I'm just really excited uh, to for us to plant our flag, man. We're, we're here now, and we're going to win everything this year. Ryan, you got your rankings up on a lot of different sites. Yep. We're going to win everything this year. Let's do it. Billy, what you got? Where can everyone follow you at? Because you're one of our up-and-coming guys, man. I mean, you've got the stats. You've got everything going. And people need to follow you, man. And you've got good stuff that can help you win ships. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at BWIT24. Looking forward to some Facebook interaction as we get closer to games. Guys, I'm just happy football's here. Uh, the threat of it not happening all year had me a little uh, a little beside myself all summer, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, coming at you with your weekly stardom sit stuff, so I'll be able to help you split some hairs with your lineups, pick out some good matchups, and maybe some guys you want to avoid from week to week. So I uh, can't wait for that. Hit me up if you got roster questions, matchup questions. Uh, all these belly-up guys have got plenty of input, plenty of angles that we all think about stuff. So hit us up. Let us help you out. Let's win some titles. Yeah, guys, that's all, that's all we want to do is just help you win your ships and bring it home for you. Uh, obviously, everyone who's watching my home leagues, um, you're going to have to follow this, and then, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have to beat you with my own words. But that's okay, um, right? Obviously, uh, you can always follow me at, at you have a sig. I'm going to be on social media, uh, on Twitter. That's where I'm going to be living most of the time. Facebook will be Billy's baby. Uh, but... Follow our Belly Up Fantasy, uh, Belly Up Bowl from St. Jude. We'll have some stuff coming out here pretty soon during the further weeks of teams that are winning, combos that are winning. Um, obviously, I'm a big proponent of the Voltron stack. So next week, listen to me ranting and raving about the Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, DJ stack that I've going on in the Belly Up Bowl. Um Obviously, follow me, like I said, at Aggie Kevin Sig. We'll see you next week, guys, with our very first guest who is returning from season one, who is also our very first guest, who is so nice to us. 
and is returning is Lindell Worling of Fangirl Sports, our very first guest of the show. She's going to be sitting in and talking every single matchup with us in week two and giving her insights and telling us where we're wrong. Uh, and she's right because she's extremely smart. So we'll move on, right? So we'll see y'all next week. Oh, also, I'm sorry. Saturdays, you can find me at uh, our Twitter for DFS. And then also Sunday mornings, I'll do a little 60-minute show um, on Twitter live stream. And then also on Facebook for Stardom Sims with Mike Brown, with Dan Mater, and any one of our Belly Up guys that are active at the time. They can always jump on with us. So we're going to help you win ships. Let's keep on moving. And uh, Belly Up Fantasy Sports, guys, we are what they're not. So catch y'all next week. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.